Are conservative Jews conservative? Let's find out. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm your host, Rabbi Jordan Parr. On the last episode, we discussed Orthodox Judaism, the most traditional of the streams within Judaism. On this episode, we explore conservative Judaism, which has often been described as a middle ground between strict Orthodoxy and liberal reform. Conservative Judaism can trace its philosophical roots to 19th century European Jewry and the reaction to the Enlightenment. The leading figure in this movement was Zacharias Frankel. Born in Prague, Frankel was appointed as chief rabbi of the Duchy of Saxony, a part of modern Germany, in 1836. Frankel was interested in the new scientific way to examine the Bible, but he was a believer in Jewish tradition and especially halakha, Jewish law. In 1843, Frankel published an essay in his own journal, Zeitschrift, that, quote, the further development of Judaism cannot be done through reform. That would lead to total dissipation, but must be pursued via scientific research on a positive historical basis, unquote. The term positive historical embodied Frankel's approach to Judaism and Jewish practice, neither dogmatically orthodox nor liberal reform. Frankel's middle ground asserted the continuity of Jewish ritual and practice. His philosophic argument came to fruition in the United States at the end of the 19th and early 20th century. According to the definition of conservative Judaism found on the website Jewish Virtual Library, the name derives from the idea that the movement would be necessary to conserve Jewish traditions in the U.S., a culture in which reform and orthodoxy were not believed to be viable. Conservative Judaism attempts to combine a positive attitude toward modern culture, acceptance of secular scholarship regarding Judaism's sacred texts, and commitment to Jewish observance. Conservative Judaism believes that scholarly study of Jewish texts indicates that Judaism has constantly been evolving to meet the needs of the Jewish people in varying circumstances, and that a central halachic Jewish law authority can continue this halachic evolution today. In 1886, a group of traditional leaning rabbis came together and founded the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York, in large part as a reaction to what they considered the excesses of the reform movement at that time, which they considered too radical in its approach. The institution floundered in its early years, but due to the massive influx of Eastern European Jews at the end of the 19th century, a group of Reformed Jewish philanthropists revived the cemetery to train a new generation of rabbis who will, quote, civilize the worship practices of the impoverished and unruly Russian immigrants. These rabbis would insist upon proper decorum, proper dress, and adherence to a Western style of worship, all while maintaining traditional Jewish practices and lifestyles. To give the seminary more prestige, in 1902, they invited the great scholar and archaeologist, Dr. Solomon Schechter, to come from England and be the new chancellor. Conservative synagogues at the time offered sermons in English, not Yiddish, 
often utilized choirs, offered a later Friday night Sabbath service, and allowed for mixed seating, all of which was a break from Orthodox practice. Yet the prayer book remained essentially unchanged. In time, the conservative movement became the largest stream among American Jews, a position that it would hold until the late 1960s when the reform movement surpassed it in numbers. Yet it is still a vital and important stream today. Conservative Judaism is built upon four basic principles, which are incumbent upon the movement. They are, number one, rabbis and cantors are prohibited from officiating at interfaith marriages. Two, to remarry after a divorce, a Jew must possess a get, a valid bill of divorce signed by three rabbis. Number three, you are considered Jewish only if your mother was Jewish. And four, conversions require both milah, ritual circumcision for men, and mikvah, ritual immersion for both men and women, all following an appearance before a bet din, a rabbinical court. Conservative Judaism affirms matrilineal descent. If your mother is Jewish, you are Jewish. The father's religion does not matter. This is in line with orthodoxy, but contrasts with the American Reformed Judaism. As we will see when we discuss Reformed Judaism next week, this leads to great difficulties as these two movements often work in concert and Jews routinely cross from one stream to another when choosing a synagogue. In recent decades, the conservative movement has embraced egalitarianism, including ordaining women rabbis. Within the conservative movement is the Committee on Laws and Standards, which issued a ruling allowing for the ordination of women in 1983. In 2006, the committee allowed for the ordination of gay and lesbian rabbis. Conservative Judaism adheres to a strict definition of kashrut, the Jewish dietary laws. Synagogues must observe these laws, and the movement expects that its congregants observe kashrut as well. While congregants may not fully follow this expectation, kashrut is assumed in the synagogue as well as in the rabbi's home. In a moment, we will look at how the conservative movement interacts in the larger society. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Before we return to our discussion of conservative Judaism, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please remember to rate and review this episode, as well as previous episodes, on Apple, Spotify, and other great podcasting sites. Also, you can like us on Facebook. The conservative movement's rabbis and laity are quite involved in the larger community. While the movement has developed an extensive system of private day schools, it is expected that these children will eventually go to college, have careers, marry another Jew, and establish a Jewish home. In addition, members of the conservative congregations are active across the political spectrum and in social justice causes. Finally, there is an offshoot of the conservative movement called Reconstructionist Judaism that bears mention. Founded by the scholar and educator Rabbi Mordechai Kaplan in the 1920s, Kaplan was a faculty member of the Jewish Theological Seminary. He envisioned Judaism as a series of civilizations, with each epoch 
reconceptualizing Judaism for its time. While this was not revolutionary in conservative Jewish circles, Kaplan was condemned and ultimately forced to leave the movement for his naturalistic conception of God. Ultimately, he founded his own seminary, the Reconstructionist Rabbinical College, where his thoughts are carried out through modifications to the prayer book and in Jewish life. Kaplan wrote, and I quote, To believe in God means to accept life on the assumption that it harbors conditions in the outer world and drives in the human spirit, which together impel man to transcend himself. To believe in God means to take for granted that it is man's destiny to rise above the brute and to eliminate all forms of violence and exploitation from human society. In brief, God is the power in the cosmos that gives human life the direction that enables the human being to reflect the image of God. While influential, Kaplan's ideas have never been fully adopted by the larger mainstream Jewish community, yet they remain an important intellectual force amongst the more liberal streams of Judaism today. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. You can listen to and rate previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, or other popular podcast outlets. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. Next time, we will look at the Reform Movement, the largest stream of Judaism in the United States, and the most liberal. Have a great day, and remember, how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. Till we see each other again. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this has been Torah for Christians.